Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third episode of the Turnstiles podcast. My name is Matthew Smith. I'm Nick. Hello, indeed. We're back for episode three, the it's September edition. Yeah, because good lord, we slacked. Well, when we say we, I mean me. <laughs> and when I say we, yeah, I really do mean you. Yes, I agree with that. Okay, uh, so today we're going to talk about, um, we got a lot of things. First off, upcoming videos for the Turnstiles channel. This is going to be the first section, I think, every episode now. Upcoming videos. Get that out of the way, we get to the reviews. Hmm. So, here we go. Uh, the first upcoming video we're going to talk about briefly is The Hitman's Bodyguard. It's an episode of Modern Flicks, the new show that I'm still working on. I just need to get a logo, and I need to finish the script. There you go. Hooray. Uh, we got the Rets... What's up, Nick? I said, hooray. Okay, good. Just making sure. Um, we've got the Doors episode of Rhett Styles coming out sometime in the near future. Uh, and it'll be the last one for a while. The, uh, on the film, on the Some Film Snobs side, we're going to go there briefly. We've got the Catwoman Rhett Snobs episode, and that's very involved because Nick's in it. Hooray! I'm in one. You're in one, and my friend Rob is going to be playing uh, Tommy again. So there you go. And the last upcoming video for November this year, it better come out, is Bohemian Rhapsody vs. Rocket Man. Ah, that's right. How much have you been working on that? Uh, it's been a bit slow lately. Um, Oof. I think I just need to force it out, man, because if I don't, I'm never going to get it done. If anything, work on it! Good lord. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Now, Nick, I know you've got, like, some big thing planned for the review segment, or whatever you want to call it. We'll call it the movie discussion segment now, because, I mean, ultimately, it, it, it's whatever. We'll call it movie time. <gasps> That's a good name! We'll call it movie time! What do you think, Nick? Yay. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to go first, because I know you've got, like, a, a trilogy or something to Te talk about. Yeah, maybe because they all kind of happen, like, right after one another, so... So I'll go first, just so yeah, I get go. that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the movie I'm going to discuss here is Respect, the new... The Aretha Franklin biopic starring Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin. R-A-S-P-C-T. R-A-S-P-C-T. <laughs> anyway. Um, it also has Marlon Wayans in a serious role as Ted White. Forrest Whitaker plays Aretha's father, C.L. Franklin. There's a lot of people who are in this movie. Now, to me, this movie felt like a biopic from the mid-2000s. And I don't mean that as an insult in this case. It felt like Ray, kind of. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is that where... It's, it's a PG-13 movie, but it's not super sanitized PG-13. It's a it's not as overly sanitized as say Bohemian Rhapsody was. It goes over her struggles with uh, alcohol abuse and goes over her own inner struggles uh, throughout her life. It actually shows that it shows that shows her the um, how abusive her relationship was with Ted. It kind of goes into her actual life and it doesn't entirely sugarcoat every element of her person. It doesn't pretend like she was, you know, a perfect person, but she was a, you know, she was still a good person. You could you could understand her a bit better because it was a it was a more it was closer to being a three-dimensional picture of uh the real Aretha Franklin 
And the one thing I know is that it has it has a, it has Jennifer Hudson singing Aretha Franklin songs. Now this is like um, this is uh, Rocket Man is not the first movie to do that, and I don't know what the first movie to do that was. Doesn't really matter in this case, but uh, a big one I think of is Walk the Line. Walk the Line. It came out around the same time as Ray, but and it was about Johnny Cash. But that film instead of having Johnny Cash is singing. They had John, uh, Johnny. They had Joaquin Phoenix uh, do the singing. I have to say that's some good. He did some good work in that movie. I wish he got an Oscar for that. But then I don't know who would have uh, been giving up that been giving up that Oscar. Um, anyway, the important thing is. Um, so the music was good. The you know it's funny. The only song I wasn't too keen on in terms of the performance was Respect. Really. And let me clarify, when she's just dancing around, there's a okay, so they don't pretend like Aretha Franklin wrote the song Respect completely on her own, like it was her song. They acknowledge the fact that Ois Running did the original version. She's in her own house, dancing and playing with her kids and singing along to the original version. That's a good rendition. Hmm. The original version's good, but her singing along to it's good. Her in her own house playing on the piano, trying to figure out what to do with the song, that's good. Her in the studio telling the band what she wants out of the song is really good. But then the live performance is just, it's a little weak compared to the rest of the film. Ah, it's, okay. Which is a shame because it's the biggest song in the whole thing. It should have the, I don't know if it's, it like, could just be the way, it could just be the way they mixed her voice in that song. It could be the take they used. It could be anything. Hmm. Now to be fair, uh, the one song I was really impressed by because of the fact they kind of gave it a nice, straightforward kind of presentation, I would say is Ain't No Way. I was very surprised. And I, I knew the song, but I didn't. You know what I mean? I think. I have it on... I have that song because the, uh, the Aretha Franklin uh, Atlantic Records release. They released a Greatest Hits... I shouldn't call it Greatest Hits, but it was like a, a compilation album where they took all the singles and put it onto a two-CD set, basically. And it covers for years at Atlantic Records. And that interested me, you know, and I wanted that. Not because, if anything, I just wanted it because I was interested in listening to more of her music. Hmm. Yeah, and it was not long after she died, and they didn't they didn't rush that release out because she died. It was something that was already in the works before she died. Same with the movie. Um, Aretha Franklin picked Jennifer Hudson to play her in the movie. And this is the part where we say wow or something. Wow. Thanks, Owen Wilson. <laughs> you always know how to make me happy. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> All right. Um, but, yeah, um, I can't wait for this movie to come out in 4K Blu-ray because I'm buying it. No question. It was that good. Uh, Nick, what are you talking about? Because I know you've got a lot. Yeah, because this... Oh, boy. Oh, here's the thing. This is a series of Netflix films called Fear Street. Or in this case, the Fear Street Trilogy. <laughs> good oh, yeah, okay. Now I'm familiar. Now I'm a little more like, okay, I know what that is. Go on. It's about this place called Shadyside, you know. You know, being you know, cursed by a West Saint Sarah Fear, which, you know, star... <laughs> It's like, okay, yeah, that seems about right there. Yeah, it's like a place called Shady, fucking Shady Side. And whatnot. Shady Side, yes. But that's not the important part. The important part is the main character is Dina, an annoying bitch. Yay, I love annoying bitches. Look, I'm just gonna say this. 
I don't like Dina that much at all. She was kind of obnoxious to me. But I'm this close to saying. Wait, what? Sorry, I'm just this close to saying. Where are my annoying bitches at? <laughs> I'm looking at you, Brie Larson. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That was mean. I'm sorry, Brie Larson. I don't know you personally, but like, I don't I... actually hate you, and I think you're a talented performer. It's just that I hate. You know, I'm sorry. You got me. You got me into the Captain Marvel thing again, Nick. Captain Marvel, it's a decent movie. My problem is Brie Larson is told throughout the whole movie that she's emotional and that she needs to control her emotions, but she doesn't emote. She has no emotion in that movie. Oh, she is okay, I get bored. It. I, I, I get it, I get it. It's a superhero version of Twilight. Yes, actually it is. Where Christian Stewart, talented actress, can really act, but in Twilight she's boring. But her character is boring. Her Bella Swan is a two-dimensional uh, fantasy for for all the female readers. They want to... It's basically a blank slate so they can put themselves in Bella's shoes easier. That's right. They want to have sex with a man hundreds of times older than them. I mean, the RPGs kind of have that sort of thing. And you know what? There's better writing. And you actually get invested in, the, in, the, in those fuckers called characters. Yeah, you're right. And I'm just thinking about how basically Edward is a, a statutory rapist, I think. You might as well be. I mean, really, think about it. He's like 150 years old. Wait, and she's why is like, he in the high school then? Because he looks like he's 16, 17, 18, something like that. I forgot what is his there, age is. Is there, like a dra- is there like a vampire age? Oh, God. I'm now remembering dragons and just... Never mind. I'm getting away from that. Hey, hey look. Basically... I'm remembering shit. Edward is like... He's he's physically 18, I think. and and he's But he's actually like 156 or 157. Some some high hundreds number. That, that, and Bella's like 16. Yeah, that seems about right. I mean, that's not the weirdest thing in the world. Trust me. I know. You know, I have to say... Now I'm thinking... Now, now it's on to the... Fi- Twilight. When I think of that, I then think of Fifty Shades... Oh yes, because Twilight fan fiction. <laughs> Honestly, God, I don't understand how E.L. James could take Twilight and like go, okay, well, instead, Edward is a vampire, but he, but but he, I forgot what it was. I forgot if if it was he was a vampire who had a who had a B, BDSM, a very sick BDSM fetish, or he was a normal man whose secret wasn't that he was a vampire, but like he had a sick twisted form of BDSM. Which has the complete opposite of what it really is. Okay, you were saying about Fear Street. That's what right. we were talking about before Tangent Street. Tangent Street with Matt Smith was filmed in front of a live dead audience. Oh, yay! You suck! Okay, okay, okay. Pretty much. Maybe it's just me, but I just did not get, like Dina too much. She, she was just kind of obnoxious to me on that. I don't know. She was just generally obnoxious. Kind of bit of a bitch to a brother or whatnot. Then again, Josh wasn't listening to that one. At one point, because he was too focused on on internet chess, and you know, it takes first part one takes place in 1994, so gotta keep that one. Let's see, then there's Sam, who perished her lover, or or part one, her former lover turned new lover, which is all the rest of the four. Actually, you get the picture. Look, in part, here's the thing: there's Sam, who was Dina's, who was Dina's lesbian lover. Yes, but yes, the whole thing focuses around lesbian couples, so. Oh now. wow! I'm not surprised. I mean, this is a modern day project, so like, I yeah, it came out 2021. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this right now. Like, it focuses on that, so pretty much, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, eh, whatever. I, honestly, I didn't really care about that. But well, pretty much, 
Dina Sam used to be used to be lesbian lovers back when Sam used to, lived in Shady Side. Now she's in Sunnyvale. Now and she and she hooked up with a guy. And pretty much Dina's like, you know, I don't like that shit. Though he was kind of groping her out in the public during the funeral, so it's kind of a bad. So it's kind of Ooh, a bad. Great. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: she pretty much attacks him basically because she, I don't know, betrayed her or just to betray Shady Side or something. I don't fucking know. I don't know either. And later in the movie, because because there was another character named Katie, Kate, which I'll get into a little later. Peter said, you know, Sam should be sacrificing herself because, you know, there's monsters coming after her, specifically her. And Dan was like, no, let's not do that for, for the sake of our lives. And Sam was like, yeah, maybe I should do this because, you know, after me, we can end, we can end this for end, end this for a while. Peter yeah, put an end to that. Because apparently you need to die to get rid of this curse because we'll get into that. Of course. Anyway, let's see. There's Josh, who's the brother, which I think is like an adopted brother because... I think wait, probably adopted brother. I have no idea. Possibly, yeah. Pretty much, Josh. Okay, he's actually the. I actually liked him. I actually didn't mind him, to be quite honest. That's fair. That's good. Yeah, he's the one character I actually like from 1994. Yay! Yay, indeed. Pretty much, there's. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> all right. Pretty much, here's the thing. He he's like the nerd tech guy, but he's actually kind of cool. In the end of the, the end of the day, he was actually kind of cool about what he did. That's good. I like that. Yeah, he's actually kind of neat. I liked him. Let's see, dinner. I want to tell you something. Oh yeah, go I ahead. I want to tell you something. This is based off a series of L L L L L L. Oh no, it's based on a series of R L Stein books. Apparently. Yep, it's true. <laughs> I just like so. This is like what R rated, basically. Yep. It's like it's like imagine it. I mean, yeah, R rated with lesbian fan service. Yeah. Okay. Titties. Is that seriously though? It... There, there were some sexual bits actually. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Between between Dean and Sam, and also and also a little bit of Josh and Kate in 1994. Okay, dokie then. Keep going. Anyway, Kate, she's kind of like the stoner woman trope, but she was, she actually kind of got better as the movie progressed because she actually developed more of a character over than like. You know, obnoxious friend. She she actually do a little more thinking and whatnot. She she comes out quite a bit towards the end, and the movie she had pretty much the best death scene of the trilogy. Oh wow! And I mean, it's like a good like that was actually it was actually really like pretty gruesome. Kind of it's like it made go ooh. I liked it. Like that that's a good sign, and I mean in a good way. Like good yeah, on you. Yeah, when for, I think for, of when I think of uh, good kills, I think of stuff like the original Halloween. Ah, the classic. Like the one where the guy's getting a beer in the kitchen and he gets like picked up and stabbed into the wall. Ooh, nice. Like, and now I'm just thinking about the anyway. Anyway, Daniel Simon, the pretty much the other obnoxious friend. Oh, good. We needed more than one. Who barely changed throughout the entire film. Like the cat in the hat and the cat in the hat. <laughs> but he did, he did have one change towards the end of 1994. You know how? He died? Yeah, pretty much. He got an axe in the head. I fi- Oh, man. Damn, you had to end my joke early, did you? Yes, completely. <laughs> All right. And then, and also another main character I should point out because this gets important. And I really do mean it. Is Officer Nick Good. Pre- wow. Pretty much, he stops people. He stops them both. Shit that's happening in Shady Side, which people going mad and killing people, 
Because apparently that's the witch's curse. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a very specific curse. Yeah, it's pretty much... Well, it does get more fleshed out later on, but... Yeah, I'm sure. It also gets really dumb, in my opinion. And I mean... Dumb, with a capital D? More a capital D-U-M-B. Ooh, it's all caps. Ooh, it's... It's it's really bad, folks. I put the cap log on for this, boys. I know what I'm doing here, but <laughs> but personally, this is just oh. my opinion. Like, if you like, oh, well, if you like the films, even despite you have, you know, don't have, don't agree with the things I say half the time. That's fine. I this is just an opinion based thing. I I don't care. Exactly. Remember, mm-hmm. folks, these are our opinions. You don't have to take them as fact because trust me, uh, no opinion is fact. And trust even me, mine. also huge spoiler territory if we haven't. If I should, I should establish that earlier because holy uh, shit. Ah yes. Well, good thing I didn't spoil how Aretha gets out of her out of her drinking, because if I did, well, oops, I'm not gonna spoil it at all. Rehab. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, okay, but I knew you were memeing. I knew you were joking. <laughs> I knew. That's why I didn't say uh, anything. All right, so how about going the, the plots in the fastest way possible? With and there's a lot of twists and turns. Some for the better, some for the worse, and some that's kind of obvious. All right, 1994. Pretty much the movie starts with you know pretty much another pretty much another killer, no, another person going insane and killing people. Wow. Because of the curse, Nick goes like, "Well, this just happens in Shady Side and whatnot because because he came to the rescue shot." Shot the bastard and well saved day. Hooray! Hooray! But that's not. But. Hooray! But later in the film. It's the Muppet Show with our special guest star, Nick Good! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Come on, anyway, <Nick>. anyway. Just... <laughs> yeah. At some point during the film, Paris, the people from Sunnyvale, is, ha- is rousing the people from Shadyside, and suddenly Dina gets a nosebleed. Which way? Uh, which I'm not sure how or why did she got a nosebleed because. This ties into she the whole saw her crush. She saw her crush. She's an anime girl. Actually, her crush was Sam, and she was in the car that was harassing him. Oh my god, yes. That's how she got the nosebleed. <laughs> Next thing you knew, she fell over, and you could see her feet. The soles but of her yeah, feet. But yeah, this plays into the world, and eventually makes no friggin' sense. In my opinion. I don't know. My god. Feels like I missed something half the time. Oh, wow. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. It's actually, you know, like how so, like people have that, you know, sports events. They have like the container of Gatorade, that that huge ass barrel of it. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah, they practically dropped onto the onto the car. Of course. And it crashed into a tree somewhere, and then Sam's nose starts to bleed because apparently wow. she took she touched the area where Seraphir where Seraphir is buried. Now, remember what I just said about Dina getting the nosebleed? Uh huh. Same one. Wow, that's uh interesting. Yeah, apparently she got a nosebleed. Now Sam got a nosebleed because she touched the cur- the, the area where Seraphir was buried, and apparently for whatever reason, this causes. Oh, actually, the killer in this case was the Skullface killer in this case. Ooh, the Skullface killer versus and the Clownface killer. <gasps> we have to do that. The crossover we never needed and never wanted. I want it though. <laughs> okay, do you, the map crossover only map once. Yes. Because you know it's not really not much of a known thing. But anyway, uh, I'm okay with that. Appearance show so that he's come back and people think, oh, it must be an imposter trying to kill, trying to scare people and whatnot. But it turns out, no, that's the exact same, same, the exact same Skullface killer. 
the exact same one, as in, back from the dead, bitches! Of course, it's just like Halloween 4, mm-hmm. the return of Michael Myers. And we notice this in the hospital scene, which, oh, prayers to God. After what she sees what happens when the boyfriend Grover guy died from him. And also there was a, some doctor there who was <clears throat> quirky. It's just kind of weird. Oh. It, the doctor was kind of, the guy, the ambulance guy is weird. I'm not sure why he was a fan. Like he was, I don't even know. But yeah, they went to the hospital after, you know, the car crash and whatnot. And also they mentioned they hate each other. And decided, like, oh shit, run! Pretty much they got to a point where they unmasked the killer. And, well, same guy. Apparently, somehow, someway, he back. Wow. Of course. That that just makes all the sense. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the cops don't believe it because, well... Pretty much Nico doesn't buy into what they call bull... To what he considers bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so today I'm... You know what's funny? What? I'm lo- I was looking through my shelf today. Just now. And you know what I found? What? I'm looking through this old book. It's Marvel Adventures Hulk. Hmm. It's an old comic book. It's, uh... It's four issues of a comic... Of a, of, a, of the Marvel Adventures series. The first four issues. Compiled into a book. And it's the Hulk. One of the coolest things. I always liked the Hulk a lot. Yeah, Hulk is cool. Uh, Especially, what's funny, my love of the Hulk really started with the movie. Hmm. The angly one. Yeah, yeah the angly one. <laughs> of course it did. The artsy-fartsy-poopsy-angly uh, one. The Hulk must not just smash, he must also cry. Although, granted, he did get the origin from the comics, I'll give him that. Hmm. I'll give him that, yeah, definitely. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Go on. Anyway... Paris, they steal an ambulance truck. Also, I think I think the gun's somewhere along the way. I forget where. I think they stole it from a, from the cop. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't remember or know. I guess so. It's been honestly. I've only seen this film once, and I was upset with my and with my dad and whatnot. So. Yeah, funny enough, same thing with me. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And my and my movie respect. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And it's actually time I have a car. This girl, this girl singing the song. And then she starts trying to shank him and whatnot. Oh, goody. I love prison shanking. Yeah, because apparently this is also one of the other to see. Also, another killer come back, coming back from the grave. What? There's two of them? Oh, trust me. Yeah. Oh, God. This, this, turns, this is like Bat. This turns more into a rabbit hole. Oh, God. It's going to be Batman and Robin again. <laughs> and apparently, this, this killer's name is Ruby Lane, who killed her friends and then herself while singing. You know, you hurt the ones you love or something like that. What song? I don't know. She, she sang something that involved the words, you hurt the ones you love. Yeah, she killed her friends. Anyway. And, oh. then, and then also herself. Great. What a real what a real happy ending. Yep. All right. Happy ending to Ruby Lane. It's just, it's the same kind of happy ending that Quantum Leap had. <laughs> oh, no. You know how Quantum Leap ends, Nick? Everyone dies. No, but it's disappointing. Oh. You know the show, right? There's a show? Quantum Leap, the show. Then no. Really? That's the big thing. It's a TV show. Huh. I don't really know TV too much now. Oh, God. Have I been, how long have I been asleep for? Uh, 25 years. Oh, man. Where have I been? I don't know. Uh, in a facility. You're actually in the Matrix right now. Ah, shit. Everything is a simulation. 
Unplug Neo. You must save us. And then appear, and then die in part three, but then somehow appear in part four. Apparently. Oh yeah. Let's get back to what I was saying before. Why not? I just couldn't help it. Anyway, they eventually go go to the school to try to try end them by, you know how? How? Blowing the shit up. Did Michael Bay direct this? No, but he, but it's probably something he would he would have had a dream over. It's his wet dream. Oh yeah, and there's also other monsters. There's also an activity maniac named Tommy. <laughs> what a story, Nick. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Yeah, you could say that again. But yeah, pretty much. There's a guy. Yeah, there's a killer whose first name is Tommy, who's also known as the Nightwing Killer, which is perfectly explained in part two. So we're not worried about that one. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. What's part two? Part two is 1978. Wow. But we'll get into that once we finish 1994. And eventually, they they blew they blow them up, and you know what happens? They die. Nope. They regenerate. Oh, good. They're all Wolverine then. Pretty much. They're pretty much Wolverine right now. Because here's I'm the thing, move Sam. Move the microphone closer because, to me because I am not in the mood to get up right now. Because Sam, I am relaxing. Per- because apparently she touched Seraphir's burial site. She's cursed, and they're all after her. That is an oddly specific thing to happen. Yeah, it's kind of specific, but yeah, uh, you know, I even I'm starting to question why because that. Yo, uh, yo, I'm uh, sorry about that. Uh, moving on. Here's Josh. Rem- also named some of the other killers and whatnot. So throughout the years, which let's see, one of them was like a milkman from the, from the fifties. One was a child who had a foreign head or face or whatever. One was a hiker who had who had a drowning who had drowning a lot of people. A hiker that drowns people. The, no, there's something. Mm-hmm. And the very first known case was a was a priest who pretty much. Wait, did they say? I think they said it in 1994. Anyway. Pretty much, mm. who gouged out the eyes of children and his own eyes. Ah. He died shortly. Uh, I was actually, ah. I'll get to that in part three. Quote, quote, part, quote, unquote, part three. 1666. Some things get answered. Some things just make me question. Okay, point is, they found, they found out someone, someone who survived this bullshit in some events named Steve Bertha. They call her. No no response. They get their shit and hightail it out of there. And figure out, oh, okay, if we're going to do this, we need to kill Sam and bring her back to life. And which, that's what they try to do at a supermarket. And which, okay, mm. appears here to, by, by cutting Sam a little bit and putting their blood on them and whatnot. Mm. And putting her blood on them. Just just, so, just like they give, have the monsters give, give the killers give chase and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the process, uh, well, who was it, what was it? Oh yeah, Kate dies by, well, being forced into a br- Bread cutter or whatnot. Mm. It was gruesome, but damn, was it good. I bet. And this time I got an axe to the head. Pretty much medication. They tried using overdose of medication. Doesn't work on Sam. So Dana drowns her and then brings her back to life. Yeah, sounds about right. And appears the monsters go away. Hooray! Happy ending, right? All right, happy ending, right? Right. Nope. (laughs) Of course not. Because this whole curse thing... It's now has now gone to Sam, and now she's turned to a murderer. As in, this shit's not over yet. So pretty much, pretty much, Dina gets stabbed and actually fights off Sam. She does not die. It never ends. It's like the song never ends. Yeah. All right. So now, first we found out 
The curse doesn't really break because the Burfam actually called to Medina's house. How she got her number, I don't know. So anyway, both Dina and Josh go go to see Burma's house. And they also have a, like a tied up Sam and whatnot. Because of course they brought her along. Why the hell not? It's like, look, bring my lover back to humanity. She Burma's like, no. It's like, please, no, please, no, please don't. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll help you with somehow. So she tells the story about how, well, her her one week at Camp Nightwing in 1978, where her sister ended up dying. Mm-hmm. Yep. It starts with a... And then start, show, show, starts with, with a character named Ziggy being hung from a tree and being taunted by three boys. And one of the boys nearly kills Ziggy at this camp. Mm-hmm. Like, nearly kills her. Uh. And then a boy comes in named Nick Good. You, you remember that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, a younger version of Nick Good. Help, help save Ziggy. All right. What kind of a name is Nick? What kind of a name is Good? Yeah, we'll see because it ties into everything, and I hate it. Good. <laughs> Good. I need every ounce of your rage. Oh, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. Ta- I'm tapping out a little bit. Anyway, I'm trying to go as fast as I can now. Oh, yeah, All right. Then, then we go. Yeah, pretty much see this guy named uh, this woman named Mary Lane, who is the who is the mother of Ruby Lane, who well I think it was two years before, you know the one who you know, killed all of her friends and then mm-hmm. herself. Uh, of course. Yeah, pretty much she tra- because apparently this witch's curse because she got possessed by the witch there fear. Yeah, because that's how it happened. They got possessed mm. by something. Like all the killers possessed by something. Yeah. And, so, and now Mary Lane's trying to, because her daughter got cursed, got cursed she wants to find out how, how to destroy this once and for all to avenge her daughter and whatnot. And then, and then we cut, cut to Miss, Miss Cindy Burf, Cindy Burma, and Thomas Slater, which, well, in this case, Tommy. Remember that? Remember, remember that name? Well, I'll always remember, Greg. Mm-hmm. Parents are cleaning up stuff for, for the big, you know, capture the flag, flag game to, for that night. And then Mary Lane comes in and try, tries to kill Tommy because she saw her... Because she saw his name on on a certain wall. Which, me, and Parents, someone was going to die tonight. Or that day. Mm-hmm. So Parents, Tommy defends himself. And Parents gets... The teacher gets knocked out cold. Mary Lane gets knocked out cold. Sent to the hospital. Bye. And Parents... Where was I on? Oh God, I don't know. I'm lost. Okay, I I think I tuned out for a minute. I don't blame you. I really did. I legitimately, I almost okay. fell asleep. I think. Okay, okay. And pretty pretty much, I, pretty I much. Cindy and and Sue Stone are friends. Go go <laughs> in the woods. Find find some place, and they find Tommy's name in the wall. If they go on, they find his place. They go on the ground. Find Tommy's name in the wall, and then Tommy turns to to absolute maniac. All right. Of course. Yeah. And also Nick Good and Nick Good and Ziggy, probably prank on one of the boys. Trapped her in the bathroom with, with leeches. They forgot about her. Now Tommy's running, well, running, running loose. Ziggy tries to save her. She Ziggy gets attacked by by the bowling. Ah, <sighs> this game hard hard for me to speed it up. So let's let's cut to the chase. Tommy. Kills, kills, kills kids. Mainly on the shady side. Mm. Ziggy is what is the one they're after because apparently, of course, she is. Uh huh. Because apparently, though, where she the tree does me, she was being hung, 
know, hang fr- hung from. Well, that's a tree Sarah, Sarah Fee was hung from. Wow. Yeah. Call Winky Dink. I know. It happens every well, time. Well, <laughs> yes. Also, by the way, uh, Zicky is Cindy's sister. I should have mentioned that. What? Yep. There's a lot of shit going on. So, yeah. Parish Stone Friends da- dies along the way. And eventually, bo- both Zicky and Cindy die. Okay. And, and then Ziggy gets revived, and it revealed that, that Ziggy was C. Burma. Which was. This is like a mentally insane kill count video. Pretty much. And also, Ziggy as C. Burma was super obvious. Like, super oh, obvious. I got him in like a few minutes. Yep. <laughs> and. Pretty much oh, they, man. Pretty much they, co- they covered with a, with a hand to Sarah Fear. Oh. Pretty they covered with a hand to Sarah the hand of Sarah Fierce is apparently according to the curse parents. The hand of, when she died, she had a grip she, uh, uh, spreads across Shady Side and whatnot because grip, land, death, thing, curse, blah blah blah. You get the picture. Yeah. Parents, the, Are we still parents, on part one? We're on part two. Okay, good. Just making sure. Don't worry. <laughs> I got lost. I really did keep going, but uh, yeah. Uh, don't worry, I'm going as fast as I humanly can now. Humanly no, no. possible. Yes, please, because, yeah. Pretty much, they covered a handful of them at, at, the, at the mall, at the mall, was, because that's where the tree was at. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah they, they eventually found a hand at one point. They buried it under the tree since, well, they were, they were surrounded by killers. Ooh. Because, of, and, yeah, see, Burma and, and her sister. Yeah. Okay. Pierce, Seraphia, Dina brings the hand back to Seraphia's corpse, and, and now we're, and now we're treated to part three, 1666. Huh? Get it? 1666? You'll get the reference later! I get it! Yes, demonism for the win! <sighs> this is the... Alright. 1666. <laughs> the shark's cocks in hell. Oh, Lord. 1666. Good Lord, do I have problems here now. Because now we... Because here's the thing. We bring... Dan brings his... The hand back to Sarah Fear, mm-hmm. and we see, and we're back in Sarah's, fe- and we see things in Sarah Fear's time. Except it's in the viewpoint of Dina, which it should be in the here, even though it should be in the viewpoint of freaking Sarah Fear. But yeah, we're seeing it from Dina's point of view. What is happening? Why? Especially considering Dina, Dina sees what Sarah Fear saw. Except we see stuff in Dina's point of view in terms of the characters, which means we see the care, the care actors for Josh, Tommy, that good, all in there, for whatever reason. You know, Nick, fun fact, my brain is seeping out of my ears right now. I don't blame you, but I'm trying. But I'm getting through <laughs> no, no. this. It's not you, it's the movie. It's I don't blame movie. you on that one. <laughs> Go on. And trust me, if your, your brain was seeping out now, it's, seep, it's going to seep out harder. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go on. <laughs> okay, things are good. Things are peaceful. And then, then sometime later, bad shit happens. Boo, boo gets spoiled. Dog gets found. Dead dog in the well. Mother Pig eats baby pig. Her own baby pigs. Merc is never watching this movie. No, she ain't. No, we know he ain't. Uh, anyway, yeah, where, just, where was yeah. I? Oh yeah, and <laughs> and a good and a good man and a man of God freeze na- named Sa- Sa- Cyrus Miller turned turned to a psychopath by Ugh. taking all the chil- children, taking all the children, gouging out their eyes and killing them, killing them that way. He catches out his own eyes, but yet he's still alive. Not until not until Saul. Solomon Good, Nick Good's ancestor, mm-hmm. Paris killed him. Okay. Paris, they accused Seraphir and uh, Les- 
Sarah's Sarah Fears lesbian lover because apparently that's also a thing here. Like, seriously. Uh, because of course it is. As witches. Because, you know, it's during this, you know, the Salem Witch Trial there and whatnot. Like, you know, that, that makes sense. I yeah. got the book I had to read about that in high school, but. Hmm. Uh, where was I on this? Where, 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 uh, oh, oh, yeah. She hides in Sal- Salman's house. And, tur- and it turns out the guy. And turned. Oh, yeah, I think it's mentioned in part two that, you know, this whole. Pretty much, Seraphia worked with Satan. Yeah, it's again for her power and whatnot. Why am I not surprised? I think it was mentioned in part two. Or part one? I forget. And pretty much all the killers were possessed by Satan. Except, it wasn't Seraphia. It was Solomon Good. Of course. So, are you catching the plot twist now? That Seraphia was oh. never at fault? There was never a witch? That was, of course. It was it was all under the all under the good family, you know, Nick Good. Yeah. Of course. Essentially How it's, fucking clever. Uh, Hurry, yeah. har, like, har. Get it? Their last name is Good. The good guys are actually the villains. Get it! Get it! Get it! Oh god, that's why I hate this twist so much. I hated this. This can lazy. burn in hell for all I care. It is called lazy. Yes, this is one of the laziest twists I had to see. And here's the thing, I like the witch lore. I like what they were going with. But to throw it all away for Nick Good, for Nick Good plot twist, is so shallow. I hate this. I despise this. Then the more I think about it, the more I hate it. You understand why I wanted to rip into this, did you? Now, do you? What? Now you understand the reason why I wanted to rip into the into this hell. Oh yes, into this yes, hellscape. I do. I completely understand. Mm-hmm. <sighs> eventually, eventually the Seraphir dies, and now we're back to the DNA nineteen ninety four, and now we're and now we're in the second half of part 60, 1666. Also, by the way, get it. There's three sixes, Satan numbers. <laughs> just show, just shoot me already with that point. Me too. Anyway, now we're talking, and now we're back in 1994, part two, because of course we are. Now, now we have to stop Nick. Go now, they stop Nick. Good. See Burma. See Burma. With see Burma. Josh, Dina, and some fuck Nick Good arrested because. Just because he wanted to throw him in jail, because he's because apparently he was a corrupt cop the entire time, who was who was in cahoots with Satan. Of course. I can't call this cl- clever for the life of me. I can't stand this. I can't call it clever either, Nick. Mm-hmm. It's dumb. Oh yeah. Also, they still have Sam with her. They still they also have to possess Sam with them. After all that time. Apparently, do like the same thing they did in part one. Put blood themselves oh, to attract God. attract them. My fucking spine. I've been laying on this chair in an awkward position, and it's starting to hurt. Oof. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. they do like a, a repeat thing in part one. First, you know, the, the, the blood attract the killers thing, whatnot. Blah 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 blah. But also, they at one point they ex- they spray the blood on the killers themselves, and you know what happens? An all-out killer fight, and you know what? Oh god! And you know what? It was actually really epic. 
I'm not gonna lie. It was fun to watch that. You know what? I, I, I'd love to see um, something like that, but with all the famous killers in the world, you know, like uh, all the, you know, Freddy, Jason. Myers, Chucky. And, that'd be fun. And definitely bring in Ash. Ooh, yeah. Ash from Evil Dead. That'd be good. If, yeah. Though he is a good guy and whatnot. I know. That's exactly why. Ah, so save them. Oh, that might be fun. Yeah, that actually would be fun. Anyway, uh, where was I in my own thing? Oh, yeah, and eventually Nick Good comes in. They stop. They go. And pretty much Dean ends up killing, killing him. Saves the day. Sunnyvale is now, is now turning more into a shit show. Shay tries getting better. Happy ending for all. Okay. We're good. That's the fact. That's the most brief description of the plot without going into so much detail, but there's some details that had, had to be spoken of. But yes, that's the entire thing. Well, fourth. Well, for being forced to go quicker than I should have. Here's the thing. First, part one was okay. Part two, I liked. Part three can can eat my ass for those plot twists. I hate it. <sighs> All right, that's my that's everything I had to say about about Fear Street. We can move on now. Thank God. Yeah, indeed, my ass is killing me. Um. So, uh, I think we're done now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the fire side chat. <sighs> Thank God. Now, before we start this, I'm going to order some room service, if you don't mind, Nick. All right. I'm good to handle the garbage real quick. I got to bring it no up. No problem. All right. No problem. Get rid of that garbage, boy. Yeah, I got to bring it up the driveway, so can be back. Yes. Hi. I'm in, uh, I'd like to order room service. <laughs> I like to order room service, I said. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of kidding a little bit, but uh, I'm in the middle of recording a podcast episode. I was thinking about making some podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Turnstiles Podcast. We are just back from break. It's time for the Fireside Chat. Let's see. I need to look at my topics today. I wrote them down. Here we are. Okay, okay, so formula. the first topic, the biopic formula. Yes, Nick. So the biopic formula kind of works a little, it looks a little something like uh, this. So you start with uh, your your subject's childhood. You see them as kids. You see them. You see them display their talent, and then you cut to them years later as adults. And basically, you give them this sort of same basic story. They got a tragic backstory. Some sibling, a sibling of theirs died. Their one of the parents didn't like them. Something like that. Hmm. And then uh, basically, you keep you add in all the cliche things: the rise and fall. And the fall is always really overdramatic, and then you find out it's not even remotely how that happened, or it's very similar, but not exactly. And now, probably even the whole, you know, tragedy happening during childhood is probably cliche now. Yeah, because considering bio, well, sadly because true. Bio, because here's the thing, biopics, it takes it take liberty, so 
It's not sure how, how much of that is honestly, you know, completely honest and whatnot. Okay, here's the thing. So, uh, even then, I feel like that's a bit much. Ray, for example, it does have his brother dying. That's fair. And that's fair. Johnny Cash, in Walk the Line, Johnny Cash's brother dies. Now, here's the thing. They aren't lying about either of them. Mm-hmm. They both, that happened to both of them. Sure, I believe it. I'm just, I'm just saying sometimes they take liberty. Sometimes they might over-exaggerate and whatnot. I'm saying not, some, I'm saying some things, no, I not, mean, I'm just saying things might not be, no, completely Bohemian Rhapsody. I hate, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is the perfect example of the biopic formula as a movie. See, so yeah, I didn't mean to go, go all, you know, kind of weird on that it's one, okay. but, you know, I just, it's just more like a, it's just more like a movie sort of thing where you just take, you know, liberties, that's it. Anyway, that's it. That's the short talk in the biopic formula. Okay, Nick, I have one question no. for you. What is the best episode of Red Snobs? I still say Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, that's a favorite of mine, to be honest. You know what? I can tell you some stories about that. Um, I shot a version of that video in February, maybe March. Hmm. And when I looked at the footage, I thought, my God, this is the worst looking footage I think I've ever shot. And thank you know, at some point I'm telling Sean about this and he says, Hey man, like you, you did a video with me in February. Give Jacob March. And I was begrudgingly said yes to that. It's a good thing I did because I redid the video and the video for Charlie and Chocolate Factory the second time was the best version of that video that could have ever happened. The the camera work was the best, the performances were better, and the, that scream of mine Originally, I was going to dub in an old scream, I think. Like a Doug Walker scream. I think. Kind of like what I did with the April Fool's Day video. But then, I just... I was in I was in that take, and I just decided, screw it, I'm going to scream. And it worked. It really worked. <laughs> My favorite thing about that... Well, there's a few things. One, I like the sketches. The, uh, the, the on-camera material, I mean. I like... I both like and dislike the Sean part. Oh. Okay. Well, at the time, we were very edgy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, a little bit. One, I don't know if I insisted the line be written that way, or he insisted, but there's that line where he goes, I'm here to analyze anal 69. Everyone yeah. clap. Yeah, if I were to say that, I probably couldn't do it without laughing, if I had to say it like that. Yeah, well, either way, I don't know how he said it. Um, you mind speaking again? Analyze. Yeah. I, mean, I can't do it without laughing. Shit. Uh, do you mind saying something again, Nick? Um. Oh, these headphones are busting. Oh, on me. shit. I mean, I, I imagine. It's okay. It's, yeah, it's probably time for you getting a new headphones or headset or whatever you'll use. Yeah, because uh, the wire is pretty, pretty loose here. Oof. Let's get this. Let's get this finished. Okay. Um, I'll come in. My room service is here. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, they look delicious. Have a good day. Thank you. <laughs> ah. Bologna sandwiches. I got hungry. So. What, oh, yeah, we're talking. You know what my favorite episode of Red Snobs is? What? Cat in the Hat. Oh, yeah, that was, that was a good one. Yeah. Mm. Now, when I made that episode, I had written two, two Red Snobs at that point. One of them never got released at that time. Hmm. It was the original Die Hard video. Interesting. I didn't release it because it was bad. I, and the other one was Inception, which I don't think is very good. But that's my opinion. 
it has that very first video syndrome. You know what I mean? I get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was not that, not that good. But the stuff improved after that. The only bit I like, I love the ending. Hmm. Where like it, where clearly we go from like all the dream layers, and I'm like, I gotta go review Inception, and then it cuts to me watching on premiere, and then when it's finished, I go, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> I love that bit a lot. So I'm making the video. I write the script. It's very rough, but I think it's done. Jacob, at the time we were, we had a thing where we'd leave notes. Uh-huh. And Jacob left a thing basically saying you need to go more in depth. Hmm. You bar- you go you ha- you barely have anything to say in the positives but lots of negatives. Go beyond the surface, he said. Something like that. And I just kind of went, okay. And I, I, at the same time, I had a hard time digging for that at the time. I was like, how do I go deeper? What, what, what do I do? I'm talking to Sean about this because we're, we're in a class together and I'm talking about it. And he start, he said, you know, he starts talking to me about, well, tell me something about the movie. And I started talking about the, the character of the cat in the hat. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about the fact that the character, he doesn't have an arc. He doesn't, like, have a change in character throughout the whole movie. He stays literally the same throughout the whole movie. Now, granted, he's not the main character. If I go, if I can go back and change anything in that review, no matter how proud I am of it, I would change that. I made it clear that there is an arc, but it's so sudden with the kids. The kids do change, but it's so sudden that they change. Hmm. But I'd also be acknowledging more more of the things I like in the Cat in the Hat than I did back then. Another video, another one of the red snobs I really like is the Gone Up video. But that's because it's such an in-depth review. In-depth review. All right, so Nick. Yeah. What's your least favorite red snob? Least favorite. Least favorite. Uh, maybe one that's the rest. Maybe something that's the rest of turbo. Honestly. Really, turbos? Yeah, I'm just. It's short. Like, it doesn't really give everything that one should give it to to a full review. Like, it just feels like it's like brief, but not the cook kind of brief. It just feels like. Even the Blues Brothers. Eh. I'm just not fan of the, the formulas as a term, but like, even like you could go go brief, go like real brief, or you could go where people can you know fully understand in a very short amount of time, or go, or go or go more into detail and not to give to give the full analysis where people can still understand. Mm. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe because I mean I don't like the Doc Doolittle video, and that's a turbo. Hmm. And technically speaking, Christmas with the Cranks is a turbo. Is it? Technically speaking, yeah. Hmm. It doesn't have the intro, but it does have the, the speedy feel of it. I thought, I thought you did just... I thought you did most as a joke, because you just didn't want to watch it. Well, that's kind of true. That's what, that's what I took away from that. Well, it's like more more like a joke video. Yeah, that's the that's the Friends video. Yeah, that, yeah, Friends, I know it's a joke video. I I kind of took Christmas of the Cranes as like, you know, a joke video at that point. I mean... It is and it isn't. Hmm. But there wasn't a lot for me to say about the movie. That's why it's so short. Hmm. Even the Blues Brothers. That's why that one is short. The most you said was Hickory Honey Ham. Hickory Honey Ham. Hickory Honey Ham. That's my favorite. Hickory Honey Ham. But yeah, no. Outside of Blues Brothers, Turbo has been a very mixed bag. Hmm. Let me guess. Also not your favorite? Blues Brothers is a good one, though. That, no, no, I like no, that no, about the formats. No, the format's okay. Hmm. I was saying it's because, you know, it's a mixed bag and whatnot. Yeah, mixed bag doesn't mean it's bad. Hmm. 
Doesn't mean I don't like it. The good ones are good. The thing I have to be careful with is, you know, whether or not the video dessert needs to be short. Hmm. But yeah, there you go. That's the, that's my thought on that. Hello. Hello. Okay, good. You're still there. No, no, I still, I still I'm, I'm paying a dog right now. Oh, good. Dogs are good. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, the worst episode, I always go for either Dr. Doolittle or I go for Inception. Because, yeah, easy as that. But it's fucking white bread. White bread? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Stuck on the roof of my mouth. Hmm. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I think that is the entire podcast. This was a decent one today, as I went off yeah. the rails. Yeah. By the way, Fear, Fear Street 3 sucks. What? Fear Street Part 3 sucks. Yes. Also, PS4 sucks. Ah, there's a topic we can get into. Ooh. Let me tell you something. Every... I tried to use the PS4. I got it when it first came out. It was great. It ran well, did everything good. And then at some point we got I got myself an external hard drive, like an expanded hard drive. Mm -hmm. We plug it into we plug it into the system properly. And something happens where basically for some reason it couldn't read Blu-ray discs. It wouldn't read Blu-ray discs or DVDs or anything. I all I could do is maybe play a digital game. Or watch Netflix. Seriously? Seriously. I got that fixed at some point, so I can play everything. Nice. I, I have this system running for a good many years. Then one day, it kind of does this weird thing where it needs to install an update. Where it needs to it reinstall the system or something weird like that. I basically had to reinstall the th I had to reinstall a certain version of the, of the hardware. And basically, basically reboot the system. So I lost all my save data. And all the games were basically gone. So I had to start fresh. I did that. I played for a month or two. I play on my Xbox a little bit more. At some point, the power goes out. for It blips out. And then the system has to do the same thing again. It needs the hardware. It needs to, do, it needs to reinstall the software. I need to reboot the system again. So there goes all my save data, all my games, and not that many. Over the next two years, I run through the same thing multiple times. This is the real kicker. Not too long ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago. All I do, all I do, I have, I walk out to get something. No power goes out, nothing happens. I go back to my room. It needs to reboot again. I need to erase the saves I have. The only save game I have is Lego Marvel Avengers. And nothing else. But I still have to reboot everything. So I was fucking done. I'm never using the PlayStation again. Damn. I mean, I already moved away anyway. But, like, I like going back once in a while. If I didn't have to reboot the fucking system because of some because it stubbed its toe or got a fart cock crooked, I'd be fine. I would go back and play some games, but I can't. You know what that means? My Uncharted collection is garbage now. Uh, Sleeping Dogs is garbage. Sims 4, Saints Row 4, Red Dead 2, Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Minecraft, Mafia 3, Lego games, good chunk of Lego games, uh, 
Uh, oh, oh, Infamous Second Son, Injustice, GTA 5, Final Fantasy... Ah, shit, I don't know which one that is. It's 15, I think? Yeah, 15. Duke Nukem 3D, Deadpool, The Crash Insane Trilogy. All the Arkham games. All three of the Arkham... Four of the Arkham... Three. All three of the the big-name Arkham games. Some of the Assassin's Creed games, the later ones. They all are useless. They're all trinkets now. Unless I get PS5, but I ho- I'm i going to get a PS5, because I'm sure it's the better system compared to the PS4, but I'm never going to use my PS5 again. PS4. That's what I meant to say, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, PS4. Also, I need a new pair of headphones. Yeah, no kidding. <clears throat> yeah, the, 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 left, the left ear is shot now. Oof. It's a shame, because I really like these headphones. I don't know what I keep doing to these headphones that causes them to break. That seems to happen. Anyway, that's that is finally it. I think that's the entire episode. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, I went off his deep end with, with the PS4. I went off my deep end with Fear Street. All right, we will see you next month. Hopefully, we don't slack this time. Hopefully we don't slack this time indeed, Nick. Goodbye, everybody. See ya. Thank you. See ya.